gentlemen, welcome to The Warrior Life with Justin Rigliani. This show celebrates the warrior and every person walking the planet. My warrior life was born out of a battle with ulcerative colitis and now a permanent ileostomy bag. My charity, Checkmates Charitable Association's mission is to rid the world of inflammatory bowel disease. What are you a warrior for? And we're back. Welcome to another edition of Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. I'm in South Philly right now. Actually, I'm in South Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia, PA, and I'm with Justin Morigliani, and uh, Justin's my guest today. And we're going to be talking about um, some things hockey, some things charity, and what I really want to do is I really want to uh, welcome my guest, Justin Morigliani. Here you go. Hey, Chuck. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. We've known each other now for, what, about almost two years? Yeah, yeah, almost two years. Good buddy. Yeah, you know, it's always great to have a Flyers fan in your repertoire as well, because, you know, like in Toronto, I can be a little lonely at times. I'm sure. Yeah, so, um, so well, Justin and I met a couple of years ago, and um, Justin's got a very interesting story. So rather than me going through the story, I thought maybe you'd just share a little bit about, you know, the last couple of years like when you went through ulcerative colitis. Um, and your story about that and how it's affected you and, and how you've taken a, uh, what you might call a negative and turned it into a positive. Yeah, Chuck, um, I was diagnosed in 2002, uh, actually two days before my 28th birthday. Uh, I had been off and on sick, uh, before that, but the final diagnosis was then. And, uh, by 2003, I lost 50 pounds in three months. Uh, I was internally bleeding, uh, had diarrhea maybe 15 times, 20 times a day, uh, anemic, all kinds of things were going wrong, pancreatitis. So ulcerative colitis almost killed me then. Um, but I was lucky enough to get into Jefferson Hospital and Dr. George Prieto uh, saved my life at that time. Um, I never went into remission. So I had ulcerative colitis for 12 years. Uh, I, 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 I like to say, even though I didn't go into remission, there were various stages of uh, where symptoms were a little bit better. And then when they got worse, I would have flare-ups in and out. Uh, so I thought I was doing pretty well. I thought I was turning a corner in 2015. And Dr. Prieto scheduled me for my yearly colonoscopy. And uh, the phone rang on a Monday night. I wasn't home. And my wife, Amy, took the call. And Dr. Prieto said, I need to talk to Justin. And um, he wouldn't tell her what was wrong. So obviously I was panicked. I thought, you know, something, I actually knew something was wrong. And uh, the next day I called his office and uh, got a hold of him. And he told me that I had what's called high-grade dysplasia, which is really uh, very close to colon cancer. Um, and when we spoke, as upset as I was, he told me the bad news that I probably would have to have a massive surgery and removal of the colon. So let's just back up a little bit. So just yeah. for the people out there who don't know what UC is, so just explain what UC is and, and the effect and impact it has on a uh, human body. UC, ulcerative colitis, is inflammatory bowel disease. It's I like to call it a cousin of Crohn's disease, very similar. The difference is Crohn's disease can be anywhere along the um, GI tract. It could okay. be in the mouth, it could be in the anus, it could be in the colon esophagus. Uh, ulcerative colitis is confined to the colon area. And what it is, is uh, your immune system, for whatever reason, kicks into high gear 
and it attacks your colon as if your colon was a foreign body. And that causes inflammation of the colon and ulcers. That's where you get the term ulcerative. Uh, and what it does to the body is it causes uh, malnutrition. Uh, it causes, at times, vomiting, uh, bloody stool, um, sometimes only blood, no stool, um, uh, anemia. And in children, it could cause problems with growth. So, so basically, all this is having an impact on your body. Um, you go to the doctor. The doctor gives you the bad news. What happened after that? Well, he put me on steroids. He put me on prednisone, and uh, that that caused me to gain a lot of weight and get what's called moon face. My face got really round and and big. And the medications that you take, I was taking thirty pills a day at wow. one point. Yeah, thirty pills, and uh, I was taking immuno. I guess they call them immunodilators, or I can't remember the exact term. But uh, what they do is they dial back your uh, immune system and. That causes risk too. There's a risk of uh, different types of cancers like lymphoma. Um, and you hear that sometimes on TV when they talk about medications like Humira. Um, there's a risk for uh, lymphoma. So the, the medicines, uh, the, the, the treatments, they take a toll on your body too. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and, and what was, what, what were your spirits like at this? Obviously this, this, were you taking this as a death sentence? This sounded like, obviously it's life altering, but how did it impact you? When I was first diagnosed, there was a lot of panic uh, because I read the pamphlets. I had no idea what ulcerative colitis was. And the pamphlets talked about what the worst case scenarios could be. But once I started to feel better, once I was on the prednisone and things were going a little bit better, I kind of settled into the new normal. I, I just kind of lived my life uh, with the new normal. It was tough, though, because a lot of times, uh, most of the time, I would have to wear Depends because I could not control my bowels. Wow. So I was having accidents. Um, and that's obviously embarrassing, and it's yeah. a situation you don't want to be in. And it's, uh, you know, uncomfortable, certainly, to be sitting like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, for a living, I train uh, people in computers. So I run courses and I'm in front of the room in front of people and there were several times where I had accidents right in front of a group of people wow man it made it very difficult to teach you know yeah dude I can't even imagine like how that would have an effect on you it's just you have uncertainty you don't know what's gonna happen next uh, you know you have to maintain a level of professionalism and you know your body's just betraying you on that level as well so and having to take clothes everywhere having to take wipes everywhere to yeah. clean myself you know, taking almost baths in bathrooms in the sink, trying to clean myself. And it was just, it was, it was tough. It yeah. wasn't easy. So let's fast forward. Like, so now you have to have surgery. So he told, he told me, um, I believe it was June 16th at 15 that I had to have surgery. And what I was hoping for, um, well, that, that day was horrible. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it was surreal. I, I spent the next week pretty much like an out of body experience. Um, once we talked about the surgery, the hope was that I would have what's called uh, a J pouch surgery, where they would remove my colon and then they would make an internal uh, reservoir for stool with my small intestine. Okay. We call that a J pouch. Okay. And that was the hope. But when I, uh, I had some other complications, which was clouded the issue. We didn't know if I had Crohn's or colitis because it's always indeterminate. Yeah. You really can't know for certain. You can know that you have Crohn's for certain because if it manifests itself anywhere outside the, the colon, 
that's Crohn's. Okay. But if it's only in the colon, it's most likely colitis, but you never know if it could ever be Crohn's and manifest itself and outside. Flare up. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we called mine indeterminate. So if you have Crohn's, the J patch really is not a great option. It fails about 30% of the time. So I went to a surgeon, Dr. Michael Harris, um, out of Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. He is, he actually studied under Dr. Crohn. Okay. So he's really the preeminent uh, colorectal Specialist. surgeon yeah. Yeah, uh, in, in the world, not just in the United States, but in the world. Wow. And uh, I, I, saw, I saw him online. I, I had followed his career for a few years just in case. So I, I, I figured, what are the odds I'm going to get an appointment with this guy, right? So I call his office and I tell them what I had, the uh, high-grade dysplasia, and they immediately said, come on in, because they knew it was such a serious situation. Yeah. So he, Dr. Harris sat with myself and my wife, Amy, and he told us, you know, um, I don't think you have Crohn's, I think you have colitis. So I was really feeling pretty good. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get the J-pouch and I'm going to have a normal, normal life. And he said, the only problem is you have high-grade dysplasia. And we don't know where that is. And when they remove the colon to give you a J-pouch, they have to leave a little bit of the mucosa from the colon. And he said, that can become cancerous. So that's, that no longer becomes an option. Well, he said we could do some tests and, and we could see. He said, but I have lost patients who went that route and wound up getting colon cancer. And the worst part is the J-pouch blocks that area. So they don't notice it until it's already spread to all the parts so of the body. Nice. So he said you could chance it. Um, but I asked him, I said, what's going to give me the best chance to walk my daughters down the aisle? Yeah. And he said, your best chance, the gold standard is to have a permanent ileostomy. So at that point I said, we're doing the permanent ileostomy. So you have the surgery. Obviously it's life changing. Mm-hmm. So what was the, what was the, uh, the lead after that, after post-surgery? What happened in your life? I had been a, a hockey player, not a great hockey player, but an amateur hockey player, and a power lifter. And those are two things that people tell you you shouldn't do with an ileostomy. And just, I don't know if everyone knows what an ileostomy is. It's like a colostomy, except I don't have a colon, I have an ileum. So he brought the ileum to my stomach, and my small intestine just kind of peeks out of my stomach. And that's the stoma. And I have the bag over top of that stoma. So so you have to carry the bag with you wherever you go. I, the bag is connected to what's called a wafer. It's snapped in. So my stool goes right into that bag. Every, every Well, whatever it wants to, really. I don't have any control over it. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, you want to keep that protected, obviously. You, damage to that could be bad. So uh, hockey, even though we don't play with uh, checking, you still collide with people. And, but he said, live your life. And the other thing I tell you is don't lift over 20 pounds. And you're a power lifter. And I'm a power lifter. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of depressing to think I might not do these things again. But after surgery, I said to myself, you know what? Dr. Harris said, live your life. So I'm going to live my life. And it took a few months, but uh, I, I finally got back into the gym and I finally started skating again. And three months after surgery, I was lifting pretty heavy and uh, skating twice a week. So you're you're on track right now to be the first um, patient having an ileostomy to lift 400 pounds bench press. 
Which would be four plates on each side. So, yeah, yeah I would be the, the... That I know of. I looked it up and tried to find anybody who's done it before. I can't find anyone who's benched 405 with an ileostomy. And what are you at right now? About 380. So you're like basically 25 pounds About away. About 25 pounds away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Getting there. <laughs> from, from not being able to lift 20 pounds. Not being able to lift 20 pounds. To being able to move up to 405. 405. Which That's, is like insane amount of weight to push. It, you know, it always been a goal of mine, and and uh, I I think if I didn't have the surgery, I I might have said, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I won't do it. But once I had the surgery, and I said to myself, you know what, I want to prove to everybody who's going to have the surgery that life is not over because you have an ileostomy. And let's talk about that because, like, what what we want to do here is we want to be able to give people who's ha- who've who've had the operation, uh, like. An idea that, yes, it is life-altering, Yes, but you can still live a normal life. You can still live a normal life. You can still live a normal life, and you're going to have to do some adjusting and some shifting, but uh, if you can alter your mentality of that you're alive and that you have the ability now to shift into a different lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you can still have a full and functioning life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I remember, and I'm not embarrassed by it, but I I remember saying to the surgeon, uh, well, I'm sorry, not to the surgeon, to my GI, Dr. Prieto, I said, if if I can't be saved from the bag, that would be second to dying. So I was so against the bag. I didn't want, I didn't even want a temporary bag. I thought, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. And I said, second to dying, this would be the second worst thing that could happen to me. And um, it, 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 it turned out that it's not that way. I have a much more rich life now than I had before the surgery. So I always have a, a saying that everything, I, I truly believe that everything in life happens for a reason and a purpose mm-hmm. and it serves you as that person to move through that. Yeah. Now you, you, life happens to all of us. Yeah. You know, we can't control what life will hit you with and life will always hit you with, you know, with, with trauma, with difficulty, yeah. everyone differently. It's a matter of how you channel that and, and move through that and move it aside and, and be able to move through. So let's talk a little bit about your, your foundation and your charity that you've created right now uh, with Checkmates. Checkmates. Yeah, and, and what that's all about and what your goal is to do and to raise awareness for UC. Well, I started Checkmates Charitable Association uh, in 2014, ironically, just several months before I would find out that I would need the surgery. And it was because I had gone through 12 years of colitis that I wanted to try to raise money and awareness to kill this disease. I was just so aggravated that it took so many of my prime years away from me. And uh, we play the Flyers alumni in a hockey game uh, once a year. And this year it's on March 24th. Uh, And uh, we've raised... I'm going to look at the books recently, but I think we're about over thirty-five, forty thousand 40000 over the uh, four years. So we're doing about 10000 a year, which is modest, but I'm hoping to grow that a little bit. Yeah, and I think that for the most part, it's like if you're able to stack that and, and now using social media and other tools and join venturing, um, obviously you must have some sponsors and some partners that you have on board with this. And so uh, like how have they been receiving this in putting this event together? It's mostly family. Um, the, the, my board that I put together is mostly family, and it's amazing what they'll do for you. I mean, they really come out and they do a lot of work for you. Um, Smart Search Media is doing my website for me and helping me with my podcast radio show, as you know. Yeah. Um, so they've been helpful with that. Um, it's, uh, we're now getting uh, together with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, 
and the money will be split. Twenty, uh, I'm sorry, not twenty, fifty percent rather of the money is going to go to Jefferson Hospital's division of gastroenterology and hepatology. So my doctor who helped me. Yeah. And the other half is going to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. And it's your mark for kids to go to Camp Oasis, which is a camp for kids who have Crohn's and Colitis. Awesome, yeah. Because yeah. obviously as a kid, it's, it's life-altering and isolating, very traumatic as well. It's horrific. And I'll tell you, I, I have a friend who saw my videos on YouTube. And she was a college friend. She called me up and she said, I saw your videos. Um, my son was diagnosed with Crohn's and in talking to her, he, she told me that the doctor said, we can't do anything more than now take him off of food, give him an NG tube, which is a tube that goes in his nose down into his stomach. He's fed through that. He cannot have solid food for six months. Oh. I don't know how you deal with that as, as a parent. Yeah. I, I, and that's one of the fears I have with my own kids is they're, uh, Round about 30% more likely to contract that type of disease, Crohn's or colitis, than a regular normal person without in their family. So you create this foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's amazing that the Flyers alumni has decided to, you know, be able to support you and, you know, having this event and facilitating it as well. So tell us a little bit about the event. You're having the event on March the 24th? Yeah, March 24th. We're playing in the uh, Flyer Skate Zone in the Northeast. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, having dinner at uh, Nick's Roast Beef on Cotman Avenue in the Northeast afterwards. And the Flyers alumni come uh, to the dinner after the game, so people can come to the game. Uh, I have tickets for not only the game, but uh, game and dinner, or dinner only. We have children's tickets, which are a little cheaper, and that money is going to the uh, the foundation, and then will be split between Jefferson and Crohn's and Colitis. But uh the Flyers alumni, when they show up, it's amazing. They really are great guys. Brian Prop's usually there. Uh, Mark Howe told me this year he's going to try to get there again. He was there last year. So it, it's nice. The fans get a chance to, to hobnob with their heroes. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the event. So what, what do you want to create with the event this year? What do you want to share about the event uh, that you want the listeners now to actually see what's available for them? Perhaps maybe some sponsorship av- uh, availabilities or some partnerships working with you as well. Like, do you need some help with things? Like, So let's use this as an opportunity to really reach us out and connect to people who say, hey, I want to help you in this, you know, this altruistic view that you're having right now. How can I help? help as far as companies go we we don't really have right now much corporate sponsorship we have uh this year for the first year we have a booklet where they can put in an ad uh and we're selling the ads at a reasonable price but corporate sponsorship is something that we've been trying to get and it's hard as a small charity but uh now that we're tied in with the crohn's and colitis foundation of america my hope is that we're going to get some more big companies uh maybe they could donate a certain amount of money and we could uh, you know, put banners up around the rink or maybe they could drop the puck and they could, you know, we could announce their company name and, and that type of thing. But uh, bottom line is we need awareness. I, I got stopped by a cop one time racing home to get to a bathroom. And I said, look, I, I'm having a problem with ulcerative colitis. And he said, what's ulcerative colitis? Mm-hmm. So people don't know what in, in, uh, inflammatory bowel disease is. Yeah. And I, I do, before I met you, I'd never heard of it myself and you probably never knew that you met anybody with a bag before i would imagine no yeah no definitely not and there are people walking around with it 
I'm getting calls and emails from people all over the, the world, really, Canada and the United States, and uh, I think one was from Europe, and they asked me, how, what's it like? You know, what's, what's my life going to be like afterwards? Can I do things? So I want to raise awareness, but at the same time, let's be honest, we need money. Yeah. We need money for two reasons. One is to find the cure. I want to find the cure before I die. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my goal. That's my passion. But um, I also want to help those kids because you're going to have a lot of kids who have Crohn's and colitis uh, that aren't going to be able to afford to go to the camp. And it's it's nice to be able to do that. And I'll tell you what, Chuck, the uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America in, in the Philadelphia chapter, they have seen an increase in who they support from somewhere around, and I, I'm just going off the top of my head, I think they said at one time, a couple of years ago, it was 60-some thousand. Now it's close to uh, 800,000 people that they now are servicing in the uh, area. Wow. And that's off the top of my head. I, I might not have the numbers exactly right, but it's been many-fold. It's been exponentially growing. So something's happening with this disease. I think it's better... Um, uh, diagnostics. Yeah. But I also think it, the prevalence is much higher than it was before. And we got to find out why. Well, I, I'm floored for the most part that you've gone through this right now. And so you're, you're not doing this for a cure because you're, you're, past it. you're past it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're past it. Exactly. You're past it. <laughs> yeah. So for you, it's, it's almost like you don't have a dog in the fight in a cure. But what you want to do is you want to create awareness for it so that way young kids don't have to go through the exact same experience that you went through. And selfishly, my own kids I'm worried about. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I mean, that, that's that's on my mind a lot, you know. I, I remember right before surgery writing them letters of goodbye yeah. just in case I passed away. I don't want them to have to go through that. That was brutal. Yeah. You know. Um, I, you're a hockey player and, yeah. and we know a lot of hockey players and as a hockey player when I played if you hit me I wanted to go back and hit you Yeah, I wanted to pay you back and this disease gave me the hardest punch that I'm ever going to get in my life I hope and I'm ready to fight back I'm going to make it pay you know there's a great line I'm going to use this line because you know we're in South Jersey just across the river from Philadelphia and in the, in the final Rocky movie mm-hmm. um, there's a great scene where Rocky's talking to his son and uh, he says, you know, like you, me, no one's going to hit harder than life. And it's not how hard life is going to hit you. You know, it's about you actually get, taking the hits and moving forward because you can't hit harder than life. Right. And it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward because that's how winning is done. Yeah. And, you know, like when, when you see hits you, you know, as it has... And it, it's left its mark on you and, you know, had an impact for the rest of your life. Now you're using that to say, hey, listen, you know, you get hit, you fall down and you get back up again. And now you start making small wins and you start moving forward and you start attacking the, the disease. You start raising awareness. You start chipping away at what you see is done to you so that way everybody else, their life is a little better moving forward. And I think it's a remarkable thing to do. And Chuck, there's two other things that I just want to mention real quick. Um, one is, yes, you're right. You, when you get hit, you got to get up and move forward. But I want people to know that even though I'm moving forward, I do have downtimes. And I think a lot of times people think that they have to be strong 100% of the time. And that's not true. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. I have days where I'm, I'm miserable because, you know, I, I wish I had my whole life back. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I know that ultimately I have to fight. So 
if you have a disease, whether it's ulcerative colitis, cancer, MS, um, you don't have to be strong all the time. You just do it as much as you can, and you hope the percentage is higher than, than not. I think one of the – you raise a great point with this. I mean, one of the the um, the biggest – I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the biggest misconceptions is that, you know, being strong means you're always having to be positive. And, and that's just a fallacy. You just can't. I think what the best thing that I know what I do, and I can't speak about what other people do, but what I do in that situation is I just give myself permission to be sad for three hours. Ooh, and that way, that way I don't fight it. That way I'm just being with the sadness or I'm being with the anger or I'm being with the emotion. Right. And that way I, I, I give myself a guilt-free three-hour block or five-hour block. And what generally what I found is after two hours or three hours, I just say to myself, this is silly. I don't need to do this anymore. But, I, but I'm not resisting that energy to not have a bad day. Right. Right. And I should be happy. And, I should, I, I, and then people are saying, you should have gratitude. You're alive. You've got two great daughters. And it's like, like stop doing that. Stop trying to tell me why I should be happy and just let me be in my in my process right now. And then when that, you know, emotions come and go, they're like waves. Exactly. Right. And if you're yeah. with the emotion, you know, you can actually be through that. So, I mean, for the people who are listening right now and you're going through those waves, just be with those waves because yeah. they're going to come weak. and go. Yeah, it doesn't mean it certainly doesn't mean that you're weak. Uh, what it does is actually builds the muscle so that way you can actually be in control of your emotions and you give yourself permission to be that way. And it doesn't mean you're weak just because you're doing that. And the other thing I was going to tell you is uh, I hear a lot of people say, boy, this disease was a blessing. I can tell you right now that this disease is not a blessing. Uh, <laughs> the surgery is not a blessing. The blessing is that I'm still alive and the surgery helped me. Yeah. But, you know, if people say, well, you know, now you have this form and you can talk to people and you can inspire people. That's great. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. But if you said to me right now, if I could go back to 2002 and have a healthy colon, would I trade it in? Absolutely. Well, who wouldn't? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a fallacy when people say, oh, the disease is a blessing. The disease wasn't the blessing. The blessing is what's come from the disease at this point. And, and to be clear, I think what most people actually mean by saying that is that um, they're trying to uh, have an impact in making you feel better. And they're and they're and they're misguided in how they're delivering that message by saying, you know, hey, listen, I want you to be happy. Have a look at the positive side of this, and 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 to not take it personally that they're saying that the disease is a blessing because we yeah, know the disease yeah. is not a blessing. I, I just heard people who are who have been sick. I think I heard Michael J. Fox one time say that the Parkinson's was a blessing. Yeah, and I thought to myself that I don't know if if that's really the way to think about it. I mean, maybe it's good for him. Maybe it works for him. Well, again, I don't think he's saying the disease is a blessing. Mm -hmm. I think what he's actually saying is raising the awareness yeah. is the blessing. You're given an opportunity to be able to raise awareness that the disease is not a blessing. The condition is never a blessing. Right. But what it is, it is inevitable. It is what is so. Yeah. And now those are the cards, that those are the cards you're being dealt with. And you have to play the cards that you're being played with. Yeah. And the, the blessing that comes outside of how you respond to that is up to you. That's right. That's exactly right. You could either curl up in a ball and say, woe is me, or yeah. you could come back fighting. Yeah, and I think what's really remarkable is that you've come out of this 
you know, unscathed. And, you know, like you said, you have your good days, you have your bad days. You know, there's days that you feel like absolute garbage and there's days that you have after your event and you're just like, wow, you know, I like I'm doing the best that I possibly can with the cards I'm doing right now. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm using my platform to raise awareness for other people. And you know what? Maybe that's my calling right now. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm here for is to share this awareness, share my story and have other people who are going through the exact same conversation. And they think that they're, they're the only person that, that are going through that at the time. They're an isolated island. And now they think, oh, wow, now you're talking my language or now I get it. Now there's other people out there like me. Yeah. Now I'm not a freak. And I think that's the beauty of sharing and, and people actually having that connected story with others. So that way they don't feel like they're, they're alone. There were very little resources for me when I was facing surgery. Uh, I, I would search the internet, I would look, and, and there were some things, but as far as weightlifting and hockey, I didn't see very much of anything. There may be a couple, but that was about it. Yeah. So, you know, those were important to me, and I, I said to myself, I'm not, I, I'm not giving them up without a fight. Yeah. Well, you know what? I just want to say that I think you're remarkable for for what you've gone through, for what you've actually pushed through. What I mean, if you go back to 2002, like you're clearly not emotionally the exact same person that you were back then. You're a much stronger person now for going through this. Um, like I said, life hits you as well, and you've just chosen to push back and be able to say, "Hey, listen, you know what? This is the cards I'm going to be dealt with. Now I've got to shift my mentality." move over to this side here. And now I'm an advocate for people who, you know, have to go through this exact same experience and move forward with this. And, you know, the fact that you're having a little bit of fun with this, you know, yeah. you'd be the first guy to push 400 pounds, you know, you know, being an Ely, having, having an Eliostomy and as well, you know, playing with the Philadelphia Flyers alumni. Yeah. How great is that to play with your childhood heroes, right? Yeah. And I mean, like if you can have, you know, something that you can raise awareness for and have a little bit of fun with it with your heroes. I mean, that makes you a pretty lucky guy. Very lucky. Yeah. Very so, lucky. Well, listen, Justin, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Um, I'm really wishing you luck for the March 24th um, trip. If you're in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, uh, I believe you have a couple spots left, one for a goalie. We're looking for one more goalie, but we're also selling tickets. So visit www.checkmatescharity.com. Look for me, Justin Marigliani, on uh, Facebook. We have, uh, I have Twitter, uh, all over YouTube. If you go on YouTube, you'll see a lot of nice videos about what we do. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll include all the links on the, on the podcast and on the social media side, so that way you can actually get in touch with Justin. If you actually have uh, an experience, you know, or you want to share that, or just reach out, I'm sure that you'd be more than happy to talk to people about your experiences and share and... I'm thrilled to do that for anybody who needs it. Yeah, awesome. Anyways, Justin, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Wish you luck with your event coming up, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, Chuck. It's been great to be here. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Radio That Doesn't Suck and Talk Radio. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo and the Warrior Life were produced by Faders Unstunned Studios for Listen Up Talk Radio. If you have a comment... Reach out, feedback at radio that doesn't suck.com or call us on our contact line 1 866 269 6155.